Last Sunday, we started a new uh, four-week sermon series on the book of Ruth. And we are looking, as we're looking at this, the book of Ruth, we're, we're focusing on how it is a story of redemption. Uh, in chapter one, last week, we were introduced to an Israelite couple named Elimelech and Naomi. And we saw how uh, this couple left their hometown of Bethlehem with their two sons to go to the neighboring nation of Moab because of a famine in the land. Uh, and, but while they were in Moab, hoping for a, a better life, Elimelech, the husband, died. Um, their two sons ended up marrying Moabite women, but then the two sons died. And so we, we saw at the end of the passage last week, uh, Naomi left as a widow. Her, her, her husband had died as well as having lost both of her sons. And she was left now with her two Moabite daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Uh, so Naomi, in this situation, she hears that, that things have gotten better back in Bethlehem, that the famine is done and God has provided. And so she decides to go back to Bethlehem. And she encourages, though, her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, to stay in Moab. She doesn't think there's much of a future that, for them um, if they went with her. And so Orpah, she follows along with what uh, Naomi says. She decides to stay in Moab, but Ruth insists on coming with Naomi. And she has this, this powerful um, you know, speech that she gives to, to her mother-in-law where she says to Naomi, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Uh, Ruth will, will commit herself to Naomi, and not just to Naomi, but to the God of Israel as she goes with her mother-in-law to Israel. Um, and so we, we, we found at the end of the, the passage last week that they arrive back in Bethlehem, and Naomi is feeling um, a bitterness about what has happened to her in her life. Uh, but then there's this glimpse at the end of the passage that, that they arrive just as the barley harvest is beginning. And so we're going to pick things up um, right there in chapter 2 today. My sermon title this morning is Unexpected Kindness. We're going to see how as they um, land back in Bethlehem that, that Ruth and Naomi receive unexpected kindness. We're going to look at that source of that kindness and how their experience might also speak um, into our lives today. So our text today is Ruth chapter 2. We'll be reading the entire chapter, verses 1 through 23. Uh, so you can follow along in, in uh, the Bibles in the pews, your Bibles, or we'll have the, the verses up on the screen here. So Ruth chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. 
She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She gathered, she carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over and after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, That man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Mo Ruth the Moabitess said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls, because in someone else's field... You might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, giving us this account of, of your work uh, in the lives of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. And we pray that today you would open our eyes to see uh, your living word and how it speaks into our lives today, too, and how it speaks of your provision, um, your kindness to us, and how you're calling us to show that kindness to others in response. So speak to us now, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we're going to look at in our text today is a divine 
appointment. Uh, We see this divine appointment that God has for Ruth. Uh, Naomi and Ruth were in a very difficult situation when they returned back to Bethlehem. They were both widows, and not only were they widows, but they didn't have any sons. So they were, they were alone, the two of them. And this was a very vulnerable situation in that society. And on top of that, Ruth was a foreigner from Moab. I mentioned this last Sunday that, that Israel and Moab were enemies, uh, that Moab had actually oppressed Israel for 18 years until God raised up a judge, Ehud, to deliver them. And that was around the, the same period of time that this this event, these events happen. So Ruth and Naomi, they were in a precarious situation. Uh, they were not set up for success here. But one of the provisions that God had made in his law to Israel was a, a law specifically for the poor and those who were foreigners living in the land. It was a practice called gleaning that is described in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. We're not going to read those verses, but it describes this process where where the poor and the foreigners could could gather leftover grain that had fallen from those who were harvesting. And so Ruth talks to her mother-in-law and asks if she could go do that, if she could go and glean from one of the fields in that area to help provide for them. And so Naomi uh, tells her to go ahead. Now this decision by Ruth involved some risk. This was not just an easy decision for her to make because, as I mentioned, again, she was a foreigner from Moab and she was also a woman gathering grain by herself. So she was in a situation where she could have easily been harassed or attacked. Um, In fact, later in our text, I don't know if you caught this, at the very end of our passage, Naomi tells her, stay in that field because if you go to another field, you could be harmed. That was a common occurrence that happened in that culture, that that especially a woman, especially a foreign woman, could easily be taken advantage of or attacked. And so Ruth, she's willing to take that risk, to put herself in that situation for the sake of her mother-in-law, for the sake of of trying to care for Naomi. She had, in in a similar way, she had been willing to leave her, her homeland, her family, in order to go with Naomi to Bethlehem. And so once again, Ruth is willing to sacrifice something of herself for the sake of her mother-in-law. Now verse 3 tells us, So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who is from the clan of Elimelech. So of all the fields surrounding Bethlehem, Ruth ends up in a field of one of Elimelech's relatives, her deceased father-in-law, a man named Boaz. And and later in this chapter, Naomi, when when she finds out that Ruth was gleaning in, in Boaz's field, she mentions, you know, he's a close relative of ours, and also he's one of our kinsmen redeemers. Uh, now, we're going to talk more about that term next week because that really comes up in chapter 3 where we see the role of the kinsman redeemer. But basically, it, it meant that, that Boaz was in a position of really being able to help Ruth and Naomi in a significant way. Now, Ruth, when she went to that, that field, she had no idea about that. She didn't know it was Boaz's field. She didn't know who Boaz was. 
Was it just a coincidence that Ruth ended up in Boaz's field? Or was this a divine appointment? So often I think we go through our lives unaware of the ways that God is leading us. He's leading us in our lives. Ruth, she didn't know she had picked the field of the man who was basically going to rescue her and Naomi. Not to mention, he was going to become her husband. That, that's a whole other story that, that we'll, we'll see a little bit later on in this chapter, in, in, in the future chapters. But you know who knew what field she was going to? God did. And God directed Ruth's steps, even though she didn't realize it at the time. Earlier this week, I went uh, to visit uh, someone in the hospital. And after I um, had prayed with the family, I was getting ready to leave. And the man who was in the other bed in that same room asked if I was a pastor. He had heard me pray. And I told him, yes, I was. And so he asked me, you know, what, what church or what, what tradition? And I told him it was a Lutheran church over on 59th Street. And his eyes got big and wide. And he said, 59th Street Church? I used to go to Boys Brigade when I was a kid at that church. And, and you could tell just kind of the memories flooding back for, for this guy. Um, he, he asked me if, he, if I knew a couple of people who were there at the time when, when he had come um, as a kid. And we ended up talking for a while. And, and I invited him to come and, and worship with us. You know, if, if he didn't have a, a home church, come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. I told him about our Wednesday lunch uh, that's, that's happening this week. And I, I told him, you know, I, I really hope that I'll see you again sometime. And he, he looked at me and he said, I really hope so too. You know, when I went to that hospital visit, I had no idea that I was going to, to find the, the guy sitting at the bed next door was someone who used to go to our church when, I was, when he was a kid. Was it just a coincidence? Or was that a divine appointment? God was, 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 was working in the midst of that, I, I, I believe. You see, what, what if we expected those divine appointments as we went about our day-to-day lives? What if when we ran into someone on the street, we didn't just chalk it up to luck or coincidence, but we engaged with that person trusting that, that God's hand was actually in that meeting, that that maybe this is a divine appointment that God has for us. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to meet a Boaz every time we go to the grocery store, right? But Ruth's story shows us the truth of a proverb, Proverbs 16:9, that says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We often have a plan, but the Lord, he's, he's working behind the scenes, establishing our steps, often leading us into situations and, and meetings that, that we never would have imagined, but that he knows, that he's planning. So why did God do that with, with Ruth? I mean, why did he establish her steps to end up in Boaz's field that particular day? Why did God set up this divine appointment? Well, the reason is because God wanted to show through Boaz, he wanted to show Naomi and Ruth unexpected kindness. He was going to use Boaz, this man in the field that he led Ruth to, to provide for her and for Naomi. So let's look at the unexpected kindness of Boaz. How do we see that in this passage, this unexpected kindness? Well, the text tells us that Ruth had been gleaning for a while that morning, when Boaz arrived back at his field, 
Notice again, he arrives back while Ruth is still there. Another sign of that divine appointment that God's leading Boaz to. And he notices Ruth, since, you know, likely he had never seen her before. So he asked about, who, who is this woman here? He asks the foreman about her and, and finds out that she is the, the Moabite woman who came back from Moab with Naomi. And so, so Boaz had clearly heard about Naomi's return to Bethlehem. Uh, we find out later on in the passage that, that not only that, but Boaz had actually heard about Ruth, too. He had heard about the fact that, that she had left her family, her homeland, to care for Naomi. So, so Boaz had heard about her and her situation, and clearly Boaz was, was moved by that. He was impressed with what Ruth had done, and so he approaches her, although he doesn't tell her that he knows who she is, but he just tells her, don't go to another field. And he tells her to, to, to move up and, and glean just behind his own servant girls. What that meant was that, that she was going to get the first opportunity at the gleanings. You know, don't go back with all those other gleaners. I want you up right next to my own servants who are, who are helping with the harvest. I want you to get first crack at, at these gleanings. Boaz also reassures her that he's told his men not to lay a hand on her. That she doesn't have to worry about her safety in this field. She doesn't have to worry about anybody harassing her or giving her a hard time or harming her. No, no, no. I've told them to, to, be, to, to care for you well. And then he offers her water whenever she's thirsty. Come and drink from, from my water source, from the water that, that my men have, have gathered. Later on, she in, he invites her to share a meal with him, you know, to, to eat at his table. That was unheard of for one of the gleaners to, to eat with the owner of this, this, this field. And then he even, to, to top things off, he even instructs his harvesters to pull out some of the stalks from the bundles that they're gathering and leave them on the ground for her to pick up. So Boaz, he is he's just pouring on kindness and generosity to Ruth. He's going above and beyond what the law required of him. Right? The law was set up in place to, 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 to provide for the, the poor, and, and he does that, but he goes even beyond that by showing her this kind of kindness. And as, she, as he does this, Ruth is blown away. She is shocked at this. Verse 10 says, At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? See, Ruth knew that as a foreigner, she was actually much more likely to be treated worse than the other gleaners. That as someone who was from Moab, that, that she, would, she was expecting that, that if anyone would be given fair treatment or, or greater treatment, it would be one of the Israelite gleaners, but, but she's a foreigner. Why would Boaz pick her? I mean, she is from Moab, an enemy nation of Israel. Why would this man treat her with such kindness? Now remember, at this point, Ruth doesn't know who Boaz is. She doesn't know that, 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 that he knows who she is. She has no clue that Boaz was actually a relative of her deceased father-in-law. So from Ruth's perspective, this kindness is completely unexpected. As I was thinking about the events of this past 
week, um, the shooting that happened in, in Pittsburgh um, last, last weekend, last Saturday, um, there were a couple of moments where I, I saw sort of a, uh, I think a parallel of, of sort of this unexpected kindness. I was reading about um, a, a nurse who was in one of the hospitals in Pittsburgh, and she happened to be a Jewish nurse, um, but she was the one who ended up caring for the shooter, the man who was anti-Semitic, who had shot 11 Jewish people in the Tree of Life synagogue. And this woman, who herself was Jewish, knowing who this man was, she cared for him. She did her job as a nurse. She wrote a, a post talking about how this wasn't just about her job, though, that she was showing love to this man, even though he didn't deserve it. Unexpected kindness, right? Read early, also, a, and this maybe you saw this in the news about two uh, Muslim organizations that, that raised over $200,000 for the Jewish families of the victims in Pittsburgh. You know, when we think about Muslims and Jews, we often think about the situation in the Middle East where there is just animosity between these groups, right? Between Israel and many of the Muslim nations around there. And here we see Muslim Americans stepping up to raise money for these, these victims of, of, of this sh- horrible shooting. And many people were surprised by that. An unexpected kindness. Boaz shows this unexpected kindness to Ruth, something that Ruth would never have expected. But he then explains to her why he did it. In verses 11 and 12, Boaz replies to Ruth, and she says, why did you do this, Boaz? And he says, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So Boaz here, he reveals that that he knows who Ruth is. He knows all about the sacrifice that she's made, the fact that she left her her family and her homeland and that she started over in this this new land, all to care for her mother-in-law, Naomi, and, and Boaz, he, he, he wishes the Lord's blessings on her because of the kindness that she has shown to Naomi. And then he reveals something else. He says that, I know, Ruth, that, that what, when you came here, you were not only coming here for Naomi, but he says that, that, that she came to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. Using this, this imagery of a bird's wings to talk about God's protection and provision. Boaz, he, he knew about Ruth's confession that Naomi's God would be her God. And so Boaz reaches out with compassion and kindness at, at what Ruth has done for her, her mother-in-law and as she has come under the, the care of God. So even as Boaz, is, as he's praying this blessing on Ruth, Boaz also begins to be the very answer to that prayer. Boaz himself begins to be one who is providing for Ruth. Ruth had come to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel, and through this divine appointment of God leading her to Boaz's field, guess who God is using? 
He's using Boaz to be his instrument of those wings of provision and protection. You see, the unexpected kindness of Boaz it was actually coming from the unexpected kindness of God himself. Boaz was, was being used as, as God's vehicle of this kindness to Ruth. As I was reflecting on this passage this week, I couldn't help but think about just all of the, the, the different applications of, of this passage in our world today. Um, as I was thinking about just our own congregation here, uh, that, that many of, of, of you in our congregation can probably relate to Ruth to some extent. Um, or maybe your parents could relate to Ruth. Having left family and homeland to immigrate here in order to care for and provide for someone else, like, like Ruth leaving her homeland to provide for Naomi. Uh, you know, in our congregation, that homeland, it could be every, anything from, from China or Norway or India or Italy, or Hong Kong, or Vietnam, or, or any number of, of different places where maybe you or your parents or your grandparents came from. You know, the reality is that 59th Street Church has always been a congregation of immigrants and their children. This has been a place where people who have come to this country have, have found a spiritual home, and we see that in our Chinese department now. We see that in the history of our, English, of our Norwegian department New York City, the city that we live in, it is a city of immigrants and their children. And really, the reality is that, that our nation itself, the United States, is a nation of immigrants and their children. If you think about all that have, all that have come over the, the, the years, the centuries. And so when I think about our context and our, our lives, there are so many different scenarios that we might encounter someone very similar to Ruth in our day-to-day lives. I mean, think about just our area of Brooklyn here. Sunset Park, Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Borough Park, Bensonhurst. Think about all the various groups of people living just in this section of Brooklyn who have left their homeland and come to the U.S. for a better life for their kids or their family. That's the, that's the context we live in, right? That is our neighborhood. That is our city. Now, I, I know that... that Christians disagree about immigration policy. And, and I know that, that for a lot of us, that's, a, that's where our minds go when we hear, even the, 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 hear that, that word immigration because of our highly politicized culture. And, and, and I, I realize that election day, right, is just two days away on Tuesday. But I am not talking about our political opinions about immigration here today. Right? I'm not talking about, we can all disagree, we can have our opinions about that. What I'm talking about is the people who we interact with on a day-to-day basis in our lives. The people who we live next to. The people who own restaurants and, and businesses where we eat and shop. The people that we pass on the street. The people we sit next to on the bus or the subway. And here's my question. Of all the various groups of people who might have some similarity to Ruth's story here. Do we know their stories like Boaz knew Ruth's story? Because one of the reasons that Boaz was able to share, show compassion to Ruth was because he knew who she was. He knew her situation. He was moved by her situation and the fact that she had given up all of this. Do we know the stories of the people around us? Are we willing to ask about them? 
like Boaz did with, with his format about Ruth. And here's my question. Could it be that God might want to set up a divine appointment between you and one of your neighbors to show unexpected kindness to them through you, just like he did with Boaz? I know that for me, on the one hand, I really want that. I I want to be used by God to show his kindness to people around me. And yet, at the same time, on the other hand, there's this part of me that doesn't really want that, if I'm honest. Because sometimes it feels too daunting. It feels too uncomfortable. It feels too risky, too costly. It's much easier to show expected kindness. To show expected kindness to your family, to your friends, to people who are like you, to people who you really like. We all expect that, right? To show kindness to those kind of people. But it's a whole other thing to show unexpected kindness. To show kindness to someone who would never expect it to come from you. To people very different from us. To people who maybe we might even consider enemies of ours. Like how Israel saw Moab. To people who are are in deep need. To people maybe who we just have a hard time relating to. I don't even know how to relate to that person. They would never expect kindness to come from me. That is much more difficult. And if we're honest, we often avoid or resist showing that kind of unexpected kindness to the people around us in our lives. And so what that reveals is that that we actually need the unexpected kindness of God shown to us to forgive us, to transform our hearts. And so I'm going to close by by just briefly looking at how this passage points not just to the unexpected kindness of Boaz, but to the unexpected kindness of Jesus. And we're going to see this even more clearly in, in the last two chapters of Ruth. But we see it in this chapter too, that Boaz, he's pointing ahead to Jesus. Because just as Boaz comes to the rescue of Ruth and Naomi, Jesus comes to our rescue. See, Ruth, as a Moabite, she was a part of this people who were enemies of Israel. But Boaz showed kindness, generosity, welcome to Ruth, who was a member of this enemy people. And guess what the Bible says about us? That we are enemies of God. It says that because of our sin, that we are enemies of God. And we do not deserve God's kindness. In fact, when we resist God's command to love our neighbor as ourself, when we avoid showing unexpected kindness to others, guess what we're really doing? We're rebelling against God and his law. We are resisting God's demand upon us. And so we deserve to be treated as an enemy, as a rebel, as an alien. But just like Boaz did to Ruth, Jesus doesn't do that. He comes near to us and he shows us kindness and generosity and welcome that we don't deserve. He puts his protective wings around us, covering our sin, forgiving us, giving us water to drink 
his living water, inviting us to eat with him. And the reason he's able to do that is because he has paid for our sin with his own life. When Jesus died on the cross, it was the ultimate moment of unexpected kindness. Why would the Son of God do that? Why would he lay down his life for people who are mocking him, for people who had rejected him, for people like you and me who, who are so wrapped up in our own selfishness that, that, that we don't want to follow God's leading in our lives? Why would he do that? Because God, our God is unexpectedly kind to us. Because he pours out his love and generosity upon us who are sinners who don't deserve it at all. The perfect lamb of God laid down his life willingly to save us. And when we, ex- and when we receive that unexpected kindness of Jesus in our lives, it will transform our hearts. Because when you realize how much Jesus has done for you, how much God gave in order to save you, Man, that is the best news in the world. Why would we not want to share that news with every person around us? Why would we not want them to experience that? Why would we not want that person who seems so different from me to hear that good news too? You're going to want to be an instrument of that same unexpected love to others, no matter who they are, no matter what country they came from. You're going to want those individuals, to experience the goodness of God's protective wings coming over them too. Because you realize that we don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. God's shown me grace. I want God to show them grace too. This morning, we have the opportunity to partake of communion or the Lord's Supper. And one of the things that we do when we come to communion is to confess our sin. And so this morning, I want to invite us to acknowledge the ways that we have failed to show this kind of unexpected kindness to people around us. Ways that, that maybe we realize maybe God has he led us into a divine appointment, but we sort of, we didn't really want to go there. So we decided to move on with our lives. Let's confess those moments when we have reacted more out of fear, where we have reacted more out of selfishness, where we have resisted, and to be honest, we've disobeyed. And as we confess our sin, hear the good news that Jesus has paid for that sin in full. He's paid for that. He's shown us that unexpected kindness through his death and resurrection. And as you receive the bread and the cup today, for those of you who are trusting in Christ, hear those words from Jesus. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. In that scripture reading that Hoi Ring read earlier, 1 John 4, we read, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. We love because he first loved us. God first loved us. He showed us that love by sending Jesus. And now we love others because he first loved us. So brothers and sisters, let's go into this world to show unexpected kindness and love to those who God places in our path, to those divine appointments that he has for us. Let us love because he first loved us. Let's pray. Lord, we confess 
that often we are much more wrapped up in ourselves, that we are much more comfortable showing expected kindness to people who we're comfortable showing it to, Lord, people who we like, people who are like us. And Lord, we resist this call to to be like Boaz, to reach beyond ourselves, to to hear the stories of those around us who who are different from us, to maybe even hear that some of those individuals there, they've come under the wings of, of you too. That those people who are, are, are different from us, that they're actually fellow believers that you're calling us to love and to reach out to and welcome and encourage. And, but even those who, who are not, who are far from you, God, you may be wanting us to be your vehicle of bringing your good news to them. That they would come to see your grace in their lives, Lord. We pray that You'd open our eyes and open our hearts, God, transform our hearts to to expand beyond ourselves, to reach out in love in unexpected ways to people that you place in our path, to those divine appointments that you may be giving us, Lord. And that as we receive your unexpected kindness, that we would be so filled with gratitude and awe at the fact that you have chosen us, that you've chosen to love us despite all of our brokenness, Lord, that that would lead us to share that with others and to love because you first loved us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.